The name's Podcast. It's a wonderful podcast. Welcome to a brand new episode of It's a Wonderful Podcast, and if you can't tell already by that terrible Sean Connery impression, Morgan, I don't know why... Terrible Sean Connery impression. Morgan, I don't know why you made me do that for the intro, but uh, we'll move right on. Um, Today, me (laughs) and my good friend uh, Morgan, the the Q to my M, uh, the... I don't know. Does James Bond have any other friends? I don't think so. He's not the The, kind of guy who has friends. The Q to your M... Yeah, we work together. Am I Q? Well, obviously. Why can't I be M? Why can't I be M? I mean, it fits better with my name. Well, do you want me to be Q? Like, I, I can't be the geeky guy who makes all the tech. I, I'd i like you to be Money Penny, please. Very well. I could probably rock that look. <laughs> but anyway, if you I, haven't guessed... That's uh, the best thing we could come out of. Yep, and if you haven't guessed, uh, we're talking about uh, perhaps the world's most well-known spy in his best era, and I'm talking about my favourite film in that era, and of the whole series, From Russia With Love. So, uh, Morgan, James Bond, uh, are you a fan? I I am a fan of, of James Bond. It's instilled in British people from the age of two to be a fan of James Bond. I think, uh, regardless of of where you grew up or, or what you are like, Sean Connery is also my favourite Bond. And From Russia With Love is definitely one of the stronger Bond films, but I know you you like to say it is the best of them all. The all-out, it stands on its own, it is much better than the rest of them. Why do you say that? Well... I think this movie is a lot better than Doctor No, and it mm-hmm. does a it does a nice way of mixing the sort of serious spy thriller nature with the more campy Bond elements. Goldfinger, I feel, goes a little bit too campy for my taste. So, From Russia with Love is a bit more of a nice balance for me. You've got the fun characters, the gadgets, the exotic settings, the Bond girl, and of course, Mister Connery. And a really great opening scene. I mean, talk about mm. top Bond opening scenes. I'd put this up as number one. Yeah, Bond Bond opening scenes are always nice. They always really do a good job. Bond films are very, very similar to each other. They're all they always do the same things, whether you whether you even notice them or not. They'll always have some sort of jazzy title sequence. And they'll always have uh, a cool opening before that. Uh, that's arguably one of the best parts of any Bond film is the first opening scene. I'm in agreement with you. This is an incredible opening scene because you get to see the might of Robert Shaw right from the word go. And, and that never stops in the whole film. So, uh, Robert Shaw, obviously, I know uh, mostly from Jaws, where he plays Quint, but Jaws is from 1975, so we can't talk about that. Talk about a great Bond Mm -hmm. villain, because I think what makes a really great Bond villain is kind of the simplicity in uh, what their goals are. All Red Grant is, who's the character Robert Shaw plays, he's just an assassin hired by Spectre to kill James Bond. And the very first scene shows... Sean Connery Bond wandering around a mansion, and out of nowhere, James Bond is killed. And we see this Red Grant guy, played by Robert Shaw, happily disposing of his victim, and we think, oh no, what's happening here? But we soon discover that that Bond was an imposter, and it was all a practice test. 
So immediately you've set the tone right away for a very compelling villain. Absolutely. I mean, to kill but not kill Bond off in the first scene of his, not not technically his second ever film, but his second of the franchise, um, is a bold move. And it, and I'm sure if Twitter was around, people would be going, oh God, no, they've killed Bond right at the start of the second Bond film. I um, think if Twitter was around back they then, they'd be done. talking about a lot of other stuff James Bond does. Um, well, yes, that's They do true. that now, to be fair. That's... <laughs> oh, that tickled me. Um, yeah, that's true. But uh, no, I've always admired that sort of really bold opening that um, that from Russia with Love has, and like I said, it just shows the might and wonderfulness of Robert Shaw right off the bat, and I love that because I love Robert Shaw. And uh, there's also another villain in here who I don't think we've had enough of in the Bond franchise, like a really compelling female villain who's also yeah. a bit of a badass, Rosa Klebb. Yeah. A Spectre she, agent, Russian, uh, doesn't do much to Bond per se in the movie, but she's got this weird presence about her that just makes her as menacing. She is tough as nails. She is a brutal, regimented woman who is sort of the perfect fit her in the role as slight understudy to the head of Spectre, who, at this point, we haven't obviously seen Blofeld's face. We don't know he's got that weird scar or anything. Um, but we know he's there. We see the cat. We see the back of the chair. Um, but Kleb is... Kleb's wonderful. I really like her because, like you said, we don't get a lot of Bond villains who are female, let alone wonderful Bond villains who are female, uh, who just really, oh, I don't know, sort of re almost... But steal almost, the scene they're in. Yeah, steal the scene, and they just warrant respect wherever they go. And uh, you get that immediately from, from Kleb. Uh, in that first scene, right after that, weird chess match that I forgot was in this, which is fun. <laughs> yeah, and surprisingly, um, you know, I've always took the Bond films as, like, sort of episodic, but this one actually does follow on from Doctor No pretty well, because oh, yeah. obviously in the first film, uh, James Bond has defeated Doctor No in probably one of the most disturbing death scenes I've seen <laughs> in a Bond film. I mean, he gets boiled alive in a hazmat suit. It's, it's Not cool, a good way though. to go. It is cool, but, you, but it's not a really like, good way to go. Do you like that, uh, or the um, exploding Mr. Big from Live and Let Die? Where oh, that puts, is ridiculous. Where I, I love it, where he puts the like the weird compressed air capsule in him, and he floats up and bursts like a helium balloon. A human being be doesn't honest. do that. What's going on? I'll be honest with you, I think uh, one of my favourite death scenes in the whole Bond series is, is from the Brosnan era. 
Okay, go. And it's just so ridiculous and so cheesy. Cause it's in uh, it's in Tomorrow Never Dies, the main villain, Elliot Carver, there, because he's just going on to Bond about how he's going to win the plan, and then out of nowhere, a giant sea drill comes up and chews him to pieces, and he just stands there waiting for it, but... <sighs> There's a reason. Ugh. There's a reason Brosnan, Brosnan Bond films just nearly killed everything. I think. <laughs> yeah. Um. I I tend to find that uh, most eras of Bonds have their bad movies and they have their good ones and they have their standout ones. A lot of people think Goldfinger is Connery's uh, standout, but I'd argue this one's a little bit better. Maybe that's just my taste, but. I think I think we can all agree his worst one is probably Thunderball. That movie's freaking ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah, that's true actually. I was I was thinking then to myself, what is Connery's low point? It is Thunderball. Thunderball's boring. You don't want a James Bond it's film so to be boring. Dull. You don't and I and I know that Thunderball always gets its credit for having those massively impressive underwater scenes that are entirely shot underwater and i get that i get it's a decent technical feat to do so much shooting underwater but it just slows everything down so much i've, I've tried watching thunderball a number of times and, and just haven't been able to pay attention and it's unusual for that because usually bond movies really just you, you know you you want to watch them because you know you know that things are going cool things weird things they're going to just happen thunderball doesn't have that from russia with love definitely has that and it's a quite a simple plot too and for russia with love i mean you just got red grant yeah. coming after james bond and james bond has been tasked to go find the lecter cryptographic device and, and that that's all you need exactly Exactly. And Spectre are playing Russia and the UK against one another in their own little game as overlords of everything that Spectre like to be because Blofeld is a madman. And I must say, this version of Spectre seems a lot more menacing than the one we've got in the Craig era, where it does feels like they just don't know what to do with it. <laughs> oh, it's because... It's because 60s Spectre was around during the time of the Cold War, the reason Bond was so popular at this time was because of the Cold War and it just felt so real. So it feels appropriate for something like this to be in the time you're watching it in. To put Spectre in something now, and I know the Cold War's happening again, but, you know, let's not go into <laughs> politics. Um, I know that. But in 2015 or whenever, when Spectre came out... um the actual organisation of Spectre, as it was set up and as it was portrayed, didn't feel real, unlike a Spectre in the 60s Bond films, which does feel like it would have existed at that time. And we, I don't believe we even know who Blofeld is. Maybe we get like a little hints of him here and then, but mostly yeah, we, this movie is Red Grant and Rosa Club. Oh yeah, we just get we just get the cat... The nice white cat of Blofeld in this. And Which is not Dr. Evil. Some people think that's Dr. Evil originated that. <laughs> I know, but people, these people, these people should also realise that Blofeld is who is Dr. Evil. Or Dr. Evil is Blofeld. That's the point of Dr. Evil. Exactly. But, um, uh... Yeah, 
all you get of Blofeld in this is the cat, and he's always referred to as number one rather oh, than yeah. his, his name, which is cool. Uh, Rosa Kleb is number three, I believe. And the guy from Thunderball is uh, number two, I believe. Yes, Ugh. yes, he is. Who's Red, number Red four? Grant should, Red Grant should have been number two, I reckon. Red and Grant's just four, an assassin. Number Who's four? Number four? I'm, I'm pretty sure that was Dr. No. That would make sense, actually. Fair enough. All very interlinked are the Connery Bond films. Yeah, and it doesn't feel forced like uh, the Craig era does, because they try to be interlinked, but it just feels like they threw it in at the last second. These ones knew exactly what they were building towards, and each film, you know, even Goldfinger, which moves away from the Spectre stuff, yeah. it still feels completely entertaining as a standalone Bond film, but for Mushroomwood Love, I think I like more because it has that Spectre connection, and you're kind of exploring more of the world building with Bond. And you can't have a great Bond film, of course, without some gadgets. No, not this, at all. In this one, we have a concealed throwing knife, gold sovereigns, a special tear gas trap, and an Air R7 sniper rifle with an infrared scope. It's not quite the exploding pens or the invisible cars that you might be used to with James Bond, but uh, the gadgets work for this movie, I reckon. They're really fun. But, but he, it, all, he, it all fits into a nice little suitcase. Indeed. I mean, that's just what you want. You need your suitcase to carry your exploding pens without anyone bothering you. That's pra what it's like to be James Bond. Practical gadgetry from Q in, in From Russia With Love. Well done, Q. You've outdone yourself. Put, you've uh, put your fold, you fold your clothes up, put your socks in next to your throwing knife and your sniper. It just all works. Yes, and I feel we can't really talk about this uh, this movie without mentioning our female lead, Tatiana no. Romanova, which is the most Russian-sounding name I think I've heard from any movie. Yes, they have clearly just gone, what is a Russian name? Ah, I know. And they just they have literally picked the most Russian-sounding name. You know, if you were to pick a, a Spanish guy, you'd call him Jose and... You know, Jose Rafael Rodriguez Soldado or something. I don't Rodriguez. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I oh don't God, know why I, they have to overly stereo. <laughs> yeah, I don't even want to think about that to be honest. At the minute, maybe that maybe that can be when we get silly in a bit. Yes, um, uh... but no, I I bond. 60s Bond always likes to stereotype nationalities and things, and I know Russia was an enemy and all that business. If you think that's bad, you should see how it is in Ian Fleming's books. Yeah, it's way imagine. worse. I mean, it's 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 bad in in all of them, really. I mean, I am a, I am an unashamed fan of of Live and Let Die. Um, one which is one, so stereotypical. Which is so horrendous. It's, it's, it's to the point where it's racist. To the point where it gets legitimately racist and uncomfortable. But I don't know. But luckily, we'll never cover Live and Let Die on this show. Um, yes, unless we start a Bond podcast. But I doubt that's going to happen. Doubt that's going to happen. I'm not. Uh, I'm not a huge enough Bond fan to to start a Bond podcast. I don't think. There's something interesting I found out about Tatiana Romanova in this. Uh, she's played by Daniela Bianchi, but she's voiced by another actress. Like, 
that, okay. that, that was that was weird to me. Like maybe it's because she that, couldn't speak any English or something. But in that case, I not, would just cast a Russian actor who can also speak English. This it's more. I think doing that is more common than a lot of people realize in in films of an age. Um, a lot. I, I'm. I swear it was actually. Uh, the film we did last week, Witchfinder General, where John Stern, the sidekick to Vincent Price, is is played by one guy and actually voice overdubbed by another for no real reason. I don't know. Uh. Maybe, maybe, I don't know. I don't know why it was done. It, it doesn't necessarily bother me in From Russia With Love. I think... Um, I think she does a great job. She's one of my favourite Bond girls because she legitimately does things. Oh, yeah, and we'll get to that when we talk about favourite scenes. But speaking of which, uh, you know, you love those uh, confrontations where James Bond is up against the bad guy. And I think the train scene with uh, Red Grant, it's got to be up there. At least, like, top three. The train scene with Red Grant, the fight on the Orient Express... Whatever you want to call it is this, the best not the, bomb fight. Not the spin-off to Agatha Christie's novel, but uh, you know it no. fits there. <laughs> uh, the, f- the murder on the Orient Express, the fight with Robert Shaw on the Orient Express, Agatha <laughs> Christie's sequel. No, not even a little bit. Um, no, it is my favourite Bond fight of all Bond fights in the history of Bond, or at least the Bond films I've watched. Um, it's wonderful. It's, it feels like it legitimately has stakes. Robert Shaw, I keep calling him Robert Shaw, he's Red Grant, is a better fighter than Bond. It just works so well because it's so simple. It's just shot in the dark, two guys bawling it out. There's no need for like explosions or big fancy things. And funnily enough, uh, the way James Bond beats Red Grant is actually by beating him at his own game, which I love. Like, strangling him with his own tourniquet and uh, using some of his gadgets to get an up on them. That's classic Bond to me. It's not only can he defeat his bad guys, but he uses their strengths against them. Yeah, that's definitely true. And it has to be that. It has to be the case to do that. In the case of Red Grant, because Red Grant is, he's a he's a deadlier person than Bond, and Bond, of course, is Bond. That's the usual reason Bond wins anything because he's Bond. He's like Batman in that way. You just don't kill him because he's Bond. Um, but Red Grant comes the closest out of anyone, I think, in in the history of Bond to actually killing Bond. Besides uh, the, uh, besides the guy who directed Quantum of Solace, he comes closest to killing. Bond. Yes, or the guy who directed Die Another Day, or any of the Brosnans. Uh, I'll give Brosnan uh, Golden Eye, but uh, the rest of his movies are pretty poor. I, I don't even like Golden Eye that much. I know Sean Bean. Oh yeah, isn't it nice? But yeah, I don't like Brosnan as Bond really. I think that's my problem. Anyway, he, Connery, much better. Connery is Bond. Connery is Bond. There's only one Bond, and it's it's Sean Connery. There's only one Bond that truly sort of brings all that you want from Bond, 
the suaveness, the power, the intimidation, and the quick one-liners. Connery has oh, yeah. them all. All the others only have a select amount of those qualities, but Connery has them all. There is something uh, really funny about this. Uh, th- this is actually how I discovered From Russia With Love when I was younger. I don't know if you ever played any of the James Bond video games. I did not, sadly. Not even Everybody Loves Goldeneye. No, I didn't. Well, uh, there's some pretty good Bond video games. Everything or Nothing is really cool. It has Willem Dafoe as a bad guy. But they released a version for the PS2 of From Russia With Love. And, you know, it even has, like, Sean Connery's likeness and Robert Shaw's likeness and all that in there. But I think this is this represents a problem that some of the later Bond films have. They feel the need to add in unnecessary action sequences, because on the train level where you fight Red Grant, rather than just, just being a one-on-one brawl, it has to have the addition of him getting run over by the train. Oh, which and then have him show up at the end on Spectre's base in a giant octopus robot. Which, <laughs> w- where did this come from? Like, <laughs> what? I'm now imagining Robert Shaw in the mecha suit from Aliens. That's pretty much what it looks like. That is ridiculous. What has happened there? I don't know. Maybe they were trying to make it more action back for a video game, but still, it's weird. Ah, <sighs> that's madness. That's that. I tell you what, that is one thing I also do like about From Russia with Love is is none of the action scenes that are in there feel like oh let's throw this action scene in. The action makes sense with what's going on, and it doesn't over overload you with action either. It it is more of a for such a a sort of like you said not a complicated plot or anything like that. I feel like From Russia With Love is a far more story-focused, or at least character-focused Bond film than an all-out action-adventure, which something like Goldfinger, which only came the year after, I think that is more of an action-adventure, and that's maybe why loads and loads of people prefer Goldfinger above this or whatever else. Maybe I know Billy definitely does. Yeah, maybe that's also because of what you said before as well, where Goldfinger takes a break from all the Spectre stuff that you get in every other um, Connery Bond film. Even in Diamonds Are Forever, um, Blofeld is is the villain. So maybe, maybe that's why people love Goldfinger so much. Don't get me wrong, I do love Goldfinger as well. I think Goldfinger's great, but I really do like Spectre as Bond's villain. So yeah, yeah. I mean, Blofeld's like his Joker, so you kind of need that in there. Definitely, Goldfinger is like Batman's. Um, hmm, who is Goldfinger like the, the, in terms of Batman? The, peng- the Penguin. Yeah, that's a good shout, actually. Goldfinger. Yeah, I- is I always compare it to Spider-Man villains. Penguin. If uh, if Blofeld is Norman Osborn, then Goldfinger's Doc Ock. That makes a that makes more sense. To be fair, let's stick with that analogy. Um, 
<laughs> but uh, there's also another favorite scene I have here before uh, we go into your favorite scenes. Although I'm pretty sure, based on what you said about Rosa Klebb, this might be in one of your favorite scenes. Probs. And it's the final confrontation with her. Yeah. That doesn't take place in a uh, big location, just in a hotel room. Mm-hmm. Rosa Klebb has disguised herself as a maid. She's walking in on Tatiana and Bond. And she has the simplest of weapons, a poisoned dagger in her shoe that she repeatedly tries to kick James Bond with, only to have Tatiana Romanava actually be the one to take her out with her own poisoned knife. So once again goes to show, the best Bond characters use the villain's strengths as weaknesses, and I think that's really awesome from a writing standpoint. I also think it's awesome from a Bond girl actually doing something standpoint um, because Tatiana has a legitimate character moment there where she has to choose uh, does she shoot her compatriot and who she has been quote unquote working for but not knowing that she was actually working for Spectre um, or does she sh- you know does she shoot Bond uh, obviously, she's not going to shoot Bond. We all know that. Um, this is not the opening of Skyfall. Bond <laughs> is not getting shot. No, but <laughs> no, but I no, I do, I do like that final confrontation. I like that um, when when Bond's putting the chair, he picks up the chair to distance himself from Cleb and her wild kicking feet. Um. It just reminds me of lion taming, and which which, <laughs> which then remind which then sort of it, that is Rosa Klebb a lion, a symbolic lion. Who knows? She might be powerful, but just sort of stands there being a bit intimidating. I think Rosa Klebb is a lion. I think that's what I'm taking from from Russia with Love. I think there's a reason it looks like lion taming at the end. And, and uh, well, well, we'll be honest, Lottie Lenya does a great job as the character. Definitely she one of the great character does. actresses. Yeah, she certainly does. She's she's wonderful, despite her somewhat ridiculous accent. Yes, but uh, that's just what you're going to get with James Bond, let's be honest. I mean, is Robert of Shaw course. is from Manchester, and he's doing a Russian accent as well. Robert Shaw. Now, now I knew we were going to start talking about this. Robert Shaw is not from Manchester. Robert Shaw is from West Orton, like me. Robert Shaw and I are from the same place. He's literally the only thing we have. <laughs> he's the only thing we have ever had. Robert Shaw is from West Orton. The local pub is named after him. Do they have like pictures it's of him men- as Red Grant? They have, yes, they have pictures of him. The menu has a shark on the front. That is fantastic. For for reasons that will be obvious to everybody. Um, yeah, Robert Shaw is is the only thing West Orton has going for it. We all unabashedly love Robert Shaw in West Orton and um, it's that is another reason why From Russia With Love has a bit of bias to me because whenever Robert Shaw is just like yes he is a reminder that people from West Orton can do great things and uh, and that's good for our little town 
Indeed, and you know this actually just came to me uh, for cosplay wise for you specifically. Red Grant would probably be a pretty cool cosplay. You think I could get away with Red Grant? I mean, you've, I you've got that cold stare he has. I, I well, that's true, but I would not be able to be punched in the stomach with a knuckle duster and survive, basically. Probably um, not. Unlike Red Grant, who, of course, gets punched in the stomach with a knuckle duster and doesn't even flinch. <laughs> I'd like to think it was a leg- I'd like to think it was a real knuckle duster and Robert Shaw was just that badass. I think that's a sign of things to come with future Bond villains like Odd Job and weirdly enough since Robert Shaw here the henchman Jaws who is pretty much unstoppable. <laughs> <laughs> Jaws. Sorry, that was another he just tickled me that. Well done. What a fantastic um, mix of whatever you were talking about there. That's just great. I love that. So, Jaws. Um, I I'm curious now, buddy. Um, where does where would you say from Russia would love ranks uh, in terms of how you enjoy Bond films? Well, you know I don't care for ranking so much. Yeah, we but would, you know just I'll uh, I'll toy with the idea. It is. I think it's it's one of the it's one of the more enjoyable to watch. I feel like I can watch from Russia with Love more than a lot of Bond films. Um, I I think it's got some of the strongest performances in there. I think the title song is also great. Oh yeah. Maybe maybe not as big and iconic as uh, as Goldfinger or whatever. Or something, you know, other, other, other Bond, Live and Let Die, even, as we were talking about Live and Let Die before. Or Madonna's um, Die Another Day. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> no. But, um, yeah, I like that. I, I love Robert Shaw, obviously. Connery is the best Bond by far. I don't care what anybody else has to say. Um, so, saying all that, from Russia with Love, you're looking at top three, if not best, here. Yeah, I think it's a definite improvement over Dr. No as well. Yeah, and I mean, I like Dr. No. I mean, maybe you should explain a bit why Dr. No doesn't quite uh, uh, tickle your fancy, to use a ridiculous term. I mean, I think it's fine, but uh, I, as an introduction to Bond, I don't find it that compelling. Like, I think with a few little alterations to the story, they could have kicked off the Bond franchise with From Russia With Love. Yeah, but the sequel's always better. That's not true. Um... Sometimes, yeah. And, <laughs> and Dr. No, I find to be quite... He's, he's the ultimate epiphany of, like, that cheesy Bond villain that everyone makes fun of. Dr. No is a remarkably monotone man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Who just he talks really very quiet. personality. No. He has nowhere near as much personality as uh, as Kleb or or Red Grant. Uh, I, I tell you what, a thing I do love about Red Grant as well in this is when you when we... Um, or when Bond, I should say, when Bond first meets him on the train and he's just playing a nice, charming English gentleman 
and then he just turns on the intimidation and aggression straight away. Great villain, he, right? I there. just think he goes he goes back and forth from doing that really well, and you can notice exactly when he's decided to go in for the kill. He's gonna play down his pleasant I'm just here for a nice conversation and dinner kind of guy. And then he just whack, get the gun out, bang. Oh, yeah. I'm gonna mm. kill you, Bond. I love that scene as well. I love everything to do with Grant and Bond on the on the train from just the talk between them, just the back and forth. I think he's just two great actors performing great dialogue in a great spy film. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. And I'm going to propose a little question here because I'm running out of things to say about From Russia With Love. But since we love talking about Bond villains and how great characters there are, let's say we have the power to cast a new Bond villain in our image. Hmm. Who would you go for? In our image? Well, just like if we were as doing in... a Bond film, who would yes. we cast as a villain? Well, who would I cast as a Bond villain? Well... <laughs> Are you going to make me come out and say my somewhat controversial opinion on the current state of the Bond franchise? Go for it, because I, I, I'm not a big fan of how it's turned out either. We don't need another Bond film. We don't. It, it can end the franchise should. The franchise should just say fa- goodbye, not even farewell. It should say goodbye. Because we just we just don't need it. I don't Bond doesn't he doesn't work as a character in today's culture. He just doesn't. He needs to be in the Cold War era. And I know there's the famous line from Goldeneye from M, where uh, excuse me, where she calls Bond a a relic of the Cold War, a sexist, misogynistic dinosaur. And that is what Bond is. That is what Bond is. You can't get away from that. To try and make him... It's, to try and make the character of Bond not a womanizer, Or not to have these really, occasionally, very uncomfortable sexist tendencies. Is to make him not James Bond. I definitely agree Whereas, with that. And, and today... You know, Bond has to be a full... He can't be Superman, you know? And Superman, granted, is a bit flawed. I know I say I say it in term, just as a term. But he can't do everything. He can't be a perfect human being. Bond is not a perfect human being. He has these bad traits to him. And, you know, Daniel Craig's Bond, while two of the films I really, really like, really, really like... Um, it, it it could be any spy. It doesn't have to be Bond. It could literally be anyone. It could be a guy called... John Wick. You know, it could, it could be. It could be John Wick. John Wick could be the it, next Bond figure. Let's, let's just do that. Yeah, I think that's a perfectly good... I think carry on with something like John Wick, but Bond can die. So, going back to the question... I don't want to see any more Bond films, so I wouldn't cast any villain. Which is a really cop-out answer, but at least I think I've explained why. 
Well, um, I'm, I'll say for a villain in the uh, Connery era, Vincent Price would have been awesome. <laughs> so you were talking about this last week. I knew it had come back. Yeah, um. but if, if I was to cast a current Bond villain now, uh, I've been saying this for ages because I think this actor just has oh, the perfect menace and the perfect appeal to be a Bond villain. Tilda Swinton. Yeah. Like, if you, you're going to make you Daniel been... Craig go out on a high note, make him go up against Tilda Swinton. You have been championing that casting for many, many a month, a year. Since I've known you, I think you've been saying Tilda Swinton as Bond villain. Yes, I... and I will go on record saying that casting choice impressed Jeremy Johns on an episode of Collider Movie Talk, so it's invalidated. Oh, well. It must be an old episode of, of, of Movie Talk there, but that's beside the point. Um, and to throw yeah. some shade here... Um, some me, shade? When me and you first uh, met and we fought on Fan Friction... Uh, Nolan hated me. It was, um, we had the answer, the question, best Bond film. Obviously, because it was an all-British fight, so, you know, people are stereotyping. Much like Bond. And I reckon with, if Jack Shipley is listening to this, um, I Hi, pulled Jack. a, I pulled a rookie mistake. I picked Skyfall as the best Bond film, when really, I might have had a chance to win if I had picked From Russia with Love, so, yeah. Yeah, but... What you what what I picked that day was Goldfinger. Now I don't believe that to be true, but it's all about the game and how you play it. It's we can about... all agree that License to Kill wasn't the right answer, though. Sorry, sorry, Holmes. Certainly not. Certainly not. License to Goddamn Kill. Uh, <laughs> good film. Uh, not Bond, but you know, good film. That feels like more of a John Wick style movie than a yeah. Bond movie. It's all about Dalton. Dalton just murders people, and he's kind he's of like, scary. He'd be like, a better Bond villain than Bond. <laughs> and Hot Fuzz is basically a do. Bond villain. That's that's what they should do to see Bond off. Do like one of those weird things that I know happens in Doctor Who, where they have like all Bonds come back together or you know not roger moore sadly the ones who are but, alive um, the ones who are alive and just fight each other do you believe i'd in be the happy with James that bond is a code name not an actual person theory oh can we talk about this actually yeah i do yeah. i do believe in that i have grown I mean, it does make sense i have grown to believe in that i was adamantly against that theory for the longest time but um, I did I did a bit more looking up and reading on it, and it makes a hell of a lot more sense than it if it weren't that. <laughs> it really and does. That, that to you just means that um, Daniel Craig is not the only James Bond. Certainly not. He's fine, but he's no he's no Connery. He's no Connery. He's no Roger Moore either. Nah, people might hate Roger Moore for being the least intimidating human being in the history of intimidating human beings. But um, he's fun. Well, let's not forget Roger Moore produced the James Bond movie that has Christopher Walken as a Bond. But he all... That sums up his yes, entire era. but he also produced the Bond movie that had Christopher Lee as the villain. I'll give you that. Man with a Golden Gun is excellent. So, you know, 
each Christopher and to their own. On that, <laughs> Scaramanga and Red Grant kind of similar. Yeah, both very deadly assassins. Although Scaramanga was doing it off his own back, uh, Red Grant with the with the Bond film that with the sort type of Bond film that from Russia with Love is he uh, he was of course hired by the higher power of Spectre. Um, and I've just actually realised that, you know, the the residence where Grant is and you see him for the yeah. first time and when he gets that ridiculous massage from that woman, that is just, just, why is that in there? There's no need for it, really. Maybe, maybe Robert Shaw just wanted a it, massage and demanded in his contract it had to be filmed. <sighs> How how Robert Shaw of him? I don't know if Robert Shaw was like that. I, I don't I don't really know. Um, but that place is apparently called Spectre Island. That is a weird I'm sure name it, if you're trying to be a secret organisation. I'm sure it is referred to as Spectre Island when Kleb shows up in the helicopter there. What a silly name. Oh, James Bond. <laughs> <laughs> Bond is inherently silly. Uh, even when it's very serious, it's inherently Siri, silly. Yeah. Siri. It's not. It's not Siri at all. Oh god. If it was you, Siri, you, that'd you, be. Oh, god, don't give them ideas. They'll replace Q with a <laughs> Siri app. No, Q's that. Q's that floppy-haired guy now. What's his uh, name? Ben. Ben. Ben Wishaw. There you go. I mean, Floppy Des- hair. Desmond uh, Lowian, or even John Cleese, I can see him more as Q than this guy. Desmond Llewellyn is the only Q, as far as I'm concerned. I'm a big old, I'm a big old Bond fan compared to compared to anything else, purely because, like I, I said before, <laughs> I look at I look at the 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 sexism in Bond as. And I know this might not necessarily be true, but I look at it as a flaw of Bond's character rather than how the film was made, if you know what I mean. The film was just made with inherent sexism because it probably was, the director probably was a bit of a misogynist. Um, I don't know that for a fact at all. I'm just throwing shade at people unnecessarily right now. But um, they're dead. I don't think they'll mind. Well, can the can dead people not sue you? Pretty sure that's that sounds that Any... sounds like a weird Scooby Doo episode haunted by the ghost <laughs> of the From Russia with Love director. <laughs> any any law professionals out there? Can you be sued by a dead person? Uh, is that a stupid question? Because it feels like something that would actually be legitimate. I don't know what I'm even talking about anymore. Um, <laughs> Nolan, please take over. I'm sure people got the gist of what I was trying to say. I will happily take over. So, um, I think From Russia With Love, um, pretty great Bond film. It's my personal favourite. Um, I can see it's one of your personal favourites. Uh, we might yeah. even talk some more Bond films on the show. We'll probably talk Goldfinger at some point. We will definitely not be talking about Thunderball, because, my God, that would be a chore to watch nah. again. No point. No point <sighs> in talking about Thunderball. It'd be it'd be 50 minutes to an hour of us just going, oh, my this God, please end. 
I mean, if you want to see a good Bond film with an underwater setting, just watch The Spy Who Loved Me. A very good idea. Yeah. And very that's a more one, too, and it's it's pretty good. It is. And um, so uh, I think that sums up our thoughts on From Russia With Love. Uh, Morgan, what have you got going on on the uh, Purple Dawn website that's not this podcast? Well, uh, I'm just thinking for the first... If that is all I wanted to say about From Russia With Love, we've talked about the train, we've talked about the last scene with the poisoned uh, the shoe that's wonderful. Uh, Whatever, anything else? Oh! Wanted to bring up, actually, another way it ties into Doctor No, which is the the girl you see Bond with when we first see Bond is the same girl who asks him... Um, you know what his name is, and we hear James. Uh, you, we hear Bond, James Bond, for the first time. It's the same woman. And we've got to mention that. I can't believe we forgot that. That's an iconic film moment. Her name is Sylvia in the in the in the franchise. I it's, don't know um, the actress's name. So. It's a much classier name than uh, the next Bond girl's name. Oh, certainly, certainly. And you uh, guys Sylvia? know what that is. Sil, we have Sylvia, or uh, mind you. Look who the main Bond girl is in Doctor No. It's it's Honey. Honey Rider. Oh my god. Tatiana <laughs> has the most n- oh, Tatiana has the most normal and it's a ridiculously Russian stereotype name. But it's the most normal. And we needn't say Goldfinger's uh, Bond girl name because, you know, he's it's next level silly. Um, I find uh, Halle Berry's one hilarious. Her name is literally Jinx because she's unlucky. Like <sighs> that film was unlucky. <laughs> it's it's so stupid, but it's weirdly fun in a stupid kind of way. That was it. From I think we are done. What would you What would you ask me? Hi. <laughs> oh dear, I'm in a silly mood. Um, <laughs> I thought we wanted to talk about Raoul as well. Raoul would probably be a very terrifying James Bond villain. Obviously, he'd be a puppet master. His his plan would be writing fan fiction of every person in space. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear, he would definitely you you're a, you're definitely a puppet master, aren't you, Raoul? Talking directly to you. Yeah. Now. You're definitely a puppet master. You you wouldn't be a you wouldn't be hired muscle or anything so low. You'd be right. Although I do, I do think he could pull off an odd job cosplay. I I don't want to see that. I don't <laughs> I don't want to see Raoul in a bowler hat. Although if we're talking about Bond villain cosplays, the worst one is in Die Another Day, where the Korean guy cosplays as a oh, white guy for oh, the rest of the movie. Oh, oh. Please. <laughs> see, the, what this about ridiculous what about is. what about in Live and Let Die where Mr. Big uh, puts on a disguise as another black man? Oh, that was weird. What's going on, Bond? What's going on? Um, anyway, what I'm doing aside from this delightful show is, uh, as you all know, ghost stories. I like reading them. And there was another one up uh, this week, obviously, twice a week. Uh, Wednesdays and Sundays, new stories 
uh, news story readings, I should say, go up. And uh, what was what was this Wednesday? Oh yeah, the Telltale Heart by Edgar Allan Poe. One of my favourites. Which is a wonderful little story. Uh, I read that for the for everyone's listening pleasure. And, uh, yeah, that was up. I don't know what Sundays will be. I, I definitely have it, but I just haven't looked. Um, uh, it'll be great. It'll be scary. Enjoy it. You can find all that on... on uh, If you're on YouTube listening to this, just go on this channel's featured channels and Purple Dawn is me. And uh, if you are on audio only, just search purple dawn on on youtube and you'll find my channel and all my lovely ghost story readings nolan you're you also you also do things i do um uh, stories as lessons is going to be back sometime this week with episode five uh, i'm currently doing a lot of schoolwork right now so it's a little bit hard to balance yes. them all in it will be focusing on Morgan's favorite horror movie of all time stephen king's it's from 2017 oh dear me <laughs> i <laughs> Do you know what that? Oh, I, I, I honestly believed you were telling the truth then, and I got excited, and you, you, you just, you, you crushed me, and you That's... stomped on me, and I'm upset. That's I'm not okay. upset. I'll probably you love uh, I I might do a stories as lessons eventually on one of your favorite horror films. But uh, before we go, actually, um. Uh, you, you remember my friend Emily, right? Yes. Um, Emily is a uh, massive James Bond fan. Um, I think even bigger than me. Like, she loves the character. And so I, I kind of just wanted to give her a bit of a shout-out, because I told her we were doing From Russia With Love, and she got pretty excited. And I know you guys have talked yeah, as well. Yeah, shout-out. So, uh, yeah, Emily, shout, here's your shout-out. Shouted at, Consider yourself shouted at. Not at, necessarily. <laughs> I don't know. Nolan might shout at you. If he does, don't let him. Don't let him shout at I, you. I wouldn't. I wouldn't shout at Emily. Please, She's don't go life. around... Sh why Why are you going around shouting at poor people? There's no need for it. <laughs> Stop doing it. <laughs> I, it was Raul. It was all Raul. It was, it was Raul's fault. <laughs> oh, that damn hashtag, hashtag blame Raul. No. Uh, no. Anyway, you but, were talking uh, about you... stories as lessons, which is a very good thing you do. Yes, uh, my last Jedi video is now my most popular stories as lessons episode, and it's actually having quite a good uh, response so far. Um, some people are discussing the movie and not just yelling at each other about it. Surely uh, to goodness not. <laughs> and um, I want to give a little bit of a plug to something I've been reading. Um, as you guys know, um, I, I read those things called books, just in case no one was aware. Uh, I've been reading... Is that like a menu? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I've been reading this but, book called uh, Children of Blood and Bone by Tomi Adiyami, and I've discovered another podcast about writing called 88 Cups of Tea, which is really great if you want to get into like creative writing and stuff. And Children of Blood and Bone... Uh, I think is going to be a massive hit, so uh, te definitely look out for that, and uh, if you want to give yourself a little bit of a shocker, try reading some of the uh, Ian Fleming Bond novels, and as always, you can find me at NolanDean27, and find more <laughs> of the show at It's a Wonderful One, and of course on YouTube, and if that's everything, buddy, I'm willing to let you read me out this time. 
Please, for the love of God. You, right. You are Scottish. Sean Connery is Scottish. Stop trying to do an impression of Sean Connery's Bond when just your voice will be able to do that. But it's such a great voice to do. But not when it's done so badly that you're doing it. Oh my God, I've never heard a worse Bond impression in my entire life. I'm absolutely... I'm just confused. I don't know what's just happened. I do not know what's just happened. I will. I think it's years of my dad doing that voice. Probably. <laughs> he's a he's a big Bond fan too. I uh, I will I will see us out though. I will be so kind as to see us out. I will say before that if you are on YouTube, please uh, sub to the channel and uh, leave a like and comment. Both your favourite Bond film and your favourite part of From Russia with Love. And uh, also let us know if you think Nolan's uh, impression is is the worst impression you've ever, you've ever heard. If you are on <laughs> Apple Podcasts, uh, audio only, rate and review and do all that nice stuff. And regardless of what platform you're share, you are... Uh, listening to this on share it around with all your buddies if you have any buddies uh, which i hope you do if you don't then we'll we'll be your friends or at least i will um if if you'll if you'll have me you probably won't you probably get annoyed with me after an hour but um i'll be like martin garrix and be we are your friends so you yeah. you can do nothing you just shout at people apparently <laughs> Um, yes, that is everything. Find me on Twitter at the Purple Don with a three instead of the e in the because Patrice Evera. Find the podcast at It's a Wonderful One. And uh, until next week, where I've just realised we haven't even talked about what we're going to do next week. Um, oh yes, it's called Low Don, right? So what? Yeah. Oh, for goodness' sake, that's a ridiculous. <laughs> If you haven't um, realised today, during this entire recording, Nolan has been being ridiculous and making me shake my head at him a lot. And I do that a lot anyway. Yes, you, we don't even have to be talking about Bond for me. That's, <laughs> that's true, but it just so happens that you've been doing it a lot today and now I'm whispering. Um, so before I... Next week... Um, I have chosen our first Western, and it's going to be High Noon, which is a nice, taut little Western. Uh, not as big and bold and fancy as a lot of other Westerns, but one that I think has one of the best characters in in the entire genre. Gary Cooper's uh, Marshall. I think he's wonderful. And you can look forward to some impressions of Gary Please Cooper Please don't week. do any impressions of Gary Cooper. But yeah, that is next week, high noon. This has been From Russia With Love. Uh, Nolan Dean has been hims himself, Ridiculous. as he always is. And um, yeah, bye guys. It's been a pleasure again. Goodbye. <laughs>